Blog Talk Radio. The following sermon is by John MacArthur, pastor, author, and the Bible teacher with Grace to You. If you've never contacted Grace to You, we want to send you a free booklet by John called Found, God's Peace. It's all about helping you defeat anxiety and know true lasting contentment. Request your free booklet by writing to peace at gty.org. That's peace, P-E-A-C-E, at gty.org. Offer good in North America and Europe through December 2017. And now, Unleashing God's Truth 
one verse at a time. Here's grace to you, Bible teacher John MacArthur. This is a time for us to give thanks to the Lord. And since I am the speaker, I get to choose what I want to express in terms of thanks for you. I've been reading a few of Paul's introductions to his epistles. Here is his introduction to the first letter to the Corinthians. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in Him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you're not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, through whom you were called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul offers his thanks for the Corinthian believers, for the fact that they were genuine believers, that they had received the grace of God given to them in Christ, that they were in everything enriched in all speech and knowledge, that the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in them, that they lacked no spiritual gift, and that they were eagerly awaiting the return of Christ. All of those things made the Apostle's heart glad. And then another of my favorite expressions of Paul's thanks is in First Thessalonians. In verse 2 of chapter 1, he says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, His choice of you, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, that is, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. There is a pastor's joy expressed in those two passages. And I have to say that I, I certainly understand that. When I think about all of the things in my life that I might be thankful for, apart from the very gracious work that God has done in my own life and in uh, the life of my wife Patricia and 
my children, and even in my grandchildren. The thing that I am most thankful for is that He has placed me at Grace Community Church. It all has gone by like a blur since uh, February of 1969. February 9th it was. All these years. There have been ups and downs. There have been trials and triumphs. But I have cherished every day. And I give thanks to God always for all of you. Constantly aware of your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope. And as Paul said to the Corinthians, of your giftedness, you come behind in no gift of your understanding of the truth, love for the truth, and of your testimony, the testimony that sounds out from you to the world. Now look, I love the church. I love the church of our Lord Jesus Christ wherever it is in the world. And I, I have been a lot of places in the world and I have interacted with believers all over the planet through the years. And I love the church wherever it is, but obviously I have a very special love for this church. For this church. Because it is here that the Lord has enriched my life beyond my wildest imagination. It has been an inexplicable providence of God that He put me here. I don't know why originally the group of men who decided to give me this task, I don't know why from a human viewpoint they selected me. I don't know that they knew why. I, I don't know what their processes were, but in the application that they gave me to fill out, they asked me to put down the weight of my wife. So, I'm not sure it was all high spiritual insight. Which I did not do. Although I might have done it and not been embarrassed, it just seemed rather mundane, to put it mildly. I can only look back and say if they were worried about the weight of my wife, their criteria were not all spiritual. I don't know that they had any idea of um, what, what the Lord had for them here. I'm confident they didn't. I certainly didn't. I, I really came out of my seminary and I, I wanted to study the Bible and I wanted to learn the New Testament. I wanted to know the Bible for my own soul's sake more than I wanted to preach it. I never really thought about ministry. I just thought about knowing what the Word of God meant by what it said. And it's always been the joy of ministry to study the Word of God, to understand it so that I can know God. I didn't know where I would go. I, I didn't know where I would be. I never worried about it. I had been um, considered by a couple of other churches uh, one of them far away and one of them not too far away, and they both had uh, decided that I was too young. But the Lord in His grace in His compassion and His kindness put me here. And I have had a lifelong love for this church. This is the church that the Lord 
placed me in to live out my life. And I've never had a moment's feeling that I should be somewhere else. Some of you have. I have never had a moment's feeling that I should be anywhere else. This is just my church. You are the people that I love and in whom I see the work of God flourishing. I know about the church and I understand the church. And everything that the church is, I've seen on display here. I'm not saying we're perfect. We're not. None of us, including me. But no church is and no believer is yet. But in spite of our weaknesses and imperfections, I have seen everything that the church is to be flourishing here. And that makes me so very thankful. Sometimes people will ask me as I get older, if you had to live your life again, what would you change? And my answer is nothing. Nothing. The Lord gave me the very best in His grace. Now, I love this church for some specific reasons. Let me share them with you. The church is the only institution the Lord ever promised to build. He said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Many years ago, a reporter said to me, do you have a desire to build the church? I said, absolutely not. Jesus said He'd build the church and I'd rather not compete with Him. I have no interest in building the church. I just, I just want to be where the Lord is building His church. And I've lived that fulfillment. And He's building His church here from every tongue and tribe and nation and people. We're not some kind of a cultural niche. We look like Los Angeles. And we should. This is where we are. Jesus said that uh, He came to do His Father's will. And His Father's will was to gather the redeemed and to gather them in what we know as the church. The Father chose them and the Father draws them and the Holy Spirit gives them life and Jesus receives them and never loses any of them but raises them all at the last day the church is triumphant. The church is invincible. He is building His church. And it's been an incredible joy for which I am thankful constantly to just watch Him do that. Just watch Him do that. I have only been a bystander. Like Martin Luther said, I did nothing. I did nothing. The Word of God did everything. I'm so thankful to have been in a place where I have seen the Lord build His church. Generation after generation after generation. Those of you who are here now and many who have gone before to other places in the world and even to heaven. And I've watched it all from a front row seat. I've seen the Lord Fulfill His promise to build His church. In a challenging place, in a challenging time, 
without any kind of um, sophisticated human insight and leadership, any kind of marketing strategy. I've just watched the Lord build His church. I've watched Him add daily those that are being saved. This has been an incredible blessing for me since I first came and the Lord was already building the church. I've watched it all grow. What a privilege. And what a reception one day to enter into heaven and uh, meet all who have gone before us, even from this congregation, into the presence of the Lord. The Bible says the church will triumph. Paul said in his letter to the Corinthians, God always causes us to triumph in Christ. We win. The church will be built. God will be the victor. Christ will triumph. Whom the Lord predestined, He called. Whom He called, He justified. Whom He justified, He glorified. He will gather His people in. To be a part of this invincible church, to be, as it were, at the heart of this building of a church within the church is something beyond whatever I could have imagined. And think back to seminary days. I had a pretty vivid imagination. And I used to say, well, you know, there's a verse in Ephesians that says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Well, I could always think of a lot of things and ask a lot of things. And I couldn't imagine what is it that he's going to do beyond what I can even imagine. Well, he passed what I could ever imagine 40 years ago. It's all been unimaginable. I love to be a part of the Lord building His church. There's never been a day when I ever looked at myself and said, hmm, is this a result of human ingenuity or did the Lord do this? That's never been a question because human ingenuity has never been applied to this. It's just the work of the Spirit through the Word Secondly, I love the church because it's the most precious reality on earth. This is the most precious group of people on the planet. They are precious. Why? Because they were chosen by God before the foundation of the world and they were purchased by the blood of Christ. Not only that, but every one of you who is a believer is the temple of the Spirit of God. Christ lives in you. And how I treat you is how I treat Christ. And how you treat each other is how you treat Christ. That's why our Lord says, um, don't look down on one of these little ones who believe in me. Anybody who believes in Him, you may think of them as insignificant. Do not look down on even the least of these who believe in Me because My Father in Heaven is concerned about them and the angels are watching His face to read that concern and go care for even the least of His. I understand the stewardship of the church. I understand what it means to be given a stewardship of the most precious people in the world. Those bought by the blood of Christ. Precious blood, precious church. How wonderful has it been to 
be given that stewardship and to enjoy the reciprocal love and affection and blessing of having so many people in whom Christ lives come into my life and bring Christ to me. My life is is filled with Christ. Not only the Christ who is in me, but the Christ who is in all of you. And as you enrich me, Christ comes to me. What a life. Thirdly, I love the church because it is the earthly expression of heaven. Um, I I like the fact that there's beauty in the earth. I, I like the beauty of creation. I like the beauty of art and design. I like the beauty of music. Uh, So many beautiful things. There is um, wonder and adventure and fascination in the world. And I enjoy so much of that. But what I love best about the world is the heavenly part of it. And that's you. The church is heaven on earth. When our Lord taught the disciples to pray, He said, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's only done in one place. That's the church. Not done anywhere else. Nowhere else. But here. And what is going on in heaven? God is being honored and adored and worshipped. Christ is being exalted. And righteousness dominates. And the only place on earth that approximates that is the church. So I love the church because this is as close to heaven as I can get. And to be honest with you, I'm willing to go to heaven, but it's not like I'm miserable here. I'm not unfulfilled. I'm not dissatisfied. I'm blissfully happy. I don't like what goes on outside the church, but I don't live outside the church. I live inside the church. I understand We have to reach the world and that we're all rescue projects from what's outside the church. But my life is the church. The church that was basically assembled in the mind of God before time began. To be His representatives on earth, to be a little bit of heaven on earth. Our Lord said, whatever you do on earth shall have been done in heaven. I like the idea that this is heaven on earth. You might say, well, your services seem a little serious. I think heaven is fairly serious. Somebody might say, well, you know, when you come to your church, it's like a throwback to another era. It's not very contemporary. No, I don't find a whole lot in the world that I would want to import into the church because I really wouldn't want the church to be like the world. I want it to be like heaven. And the best and most elevated and most glorious and most beautiful and most magnificent forms of worship have to occupy the saints in heaven. I just want this to be as close to heaven as it can get. Another reason I love the church is because it is the gathering of true worshipers. Many, many years ago, I was struck by the words of our Lord when He attacked the temple 
and said, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. The reproaches that fall on you are fallen on me. He couldn't tolerate God being dishonored. And he was quoting from a psalm. The reproaches that fall on you are fallen on me, and zeal for your house has eaten me up. Remember, as a young man, reading the story of Henry Martin, the missionary who went into a pagan temple and saw blasphemy and turned and ran from the temple, took out his diary and wrote, I cannot endure existence if Jesus is to be so dishonored. It tore up his soul to see the Lord dishonored. What a, what a joy, what a privilege, what a blessing to spend your life gathering with true worshipers. This is a haven from the world. We are the true worshipers who worship God in the Spirit, have no confidence in the flesh. We are the true worshipers the Father seeks to worship in spirit and in truth. We are the true worshipers who draw nigh as Hebrews 10 says, and do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We come together for worship. This is the highest of all human activities. Elevated by the Spirit of God in us. This is the ultimate reason for human existence. I'm not impressed by other accomplishments in the world. I just want to be among worshipers. I just want to sing songs with people who are worshipers. I want to pray with people who are worshipers. I want to preach the Word to people who are worshipers of the God I preach. I don't need to try to entertain you or trick you or twist things around to make sure I can manipulate you into being here. I just want to be able to say, we're going to worship, and that's enough, and you're here. I'm so thankful. How could any life be more rich than that? To be a part of the only institution the Lord is building? An institution that triumphs over all opposition? To live your life in the midst of the most precious people on earth, bought by the blood of Christ? To be a part of the earthly expression of heaven itself? The only place where heaven comes down? To spend your life in the gathering of true worshipers. There's another reason I love the church. It's the place of true fellowship. And when I talk about fellowship, I'm talking about a kind of genuine connection. I don't mean friendship built around politics or sports or work or hobbies. I mean real fellowship. Common life. And fellowship is defined by the spiritual gifts that we have and the one another's of the New Testament. This is a place where lives impact other lives supernaturally and for eternity. You can have friendships. The world has friendships, but they are temporal we have friendships that are everlasting. We minister to each other our spiritual gifts in order to build each other up into Christ-likeness. 
What an incredible blessing that is. I think about all the people here, all the people that have surrounded me through the years and do so now with amazing gifts from the Holy Spirit that are the reason why this church is what it is. People say, well, did you have a plan to get Grace Church like this? No. It's way beyond me. The Lord had a plan. And His plan was to bring together gifted people who loved Him and then let them use their gifts. And that's what all of you do. It's a place of true fellowship. And I love the church for another reason. It is the source of truth. I'm about the truth. I think you know that. If you were to reduce me down to the the, the minimum, if you were to strip me down to the bare minimum, the truth is everything to me. I live for the truth. I love the truth. I want to know the truth. I want to preach the truth. The truth is everything. The most important thing in the world is divine truth because it's the only way you can be saved, sanctified, and comforted in the midst of this world. And the church, says Paul, 1 Timothy 3.15, is the pillar and support of the truth. I can't, if I, occasionally, I, I go to a church and I don't hear the truth. It is terrifying to me. Get me out. Or twisting the truth, perverting the truth. I'm so thankful that I've been in a church where the truth prevails, where leadership loves the truth, where all of you love the truth. It is the truth that saves us. We're sanctified also by the truth. We're saved, begotten again by the word of truth. We're sanctified by the truth, Jesus said. We're comforted by the truth. We're edified by the truth. We have hope through the truth. All our relationships are built around the truth. We navigate life because we know the truth. The sound doctrine gives us structure and we know how to live to the glory of God because we have the mind of Christ. And that leads to an, another reason I love the church and it is because the church is the place of edification. It's the place of edification. Early on in the ministry here, Grace, I talked a lot about the fact that Ephesians 4.11 says that Christ gave to the church apostles and then prophets and then evangelists and pastor teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service for the building up of the body of Christ till we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ and we're no longer children. I love the church because we all grow into Christ's likeness together. We all grow into Christ's likeness together. The longer we're together, the longer the Word dominates our lives, the longer we walk in faithful obedience to the Lord, the more we mature. And the more we mature, the more joy and the less conflict. We come to the unity of the faith. I just read it. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We start acting like Christ. I don't know that I actually knew what that looked like when I came here. But maybe that was because I was raised in a lot of Baptist churches where... Fighting was a doctrine. <laughs> Let me give you one other thing. And I could say a lot more, but one more. I love the church because it's the launch point for taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. 
When I think about what the Lord has done from this church, sermons all over the world downloaded in English, Spanish, and what? Arabic, Chinese, Portuguese, French, all being translated into all those languages accessible on the Internet from this pulpit through this little mic on my ear. It's staggering. Staggering. The Word of God is being preached to millions of people around the clock, around the globe. Then we have so many faithful missionaries all over the world. Many have come from Grace Church. Many have come from other churches, but tap into the resources here. We have always had a passion for the world to fulfill the the Great Commission, right? Go into all the world, preach the Gospel, make disciples. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, be witnesses to me. This church has had a burning passion to reach the world. And that's why we have a university. That's why we have a seminary. That's why we have the Master's Academies International. Our seminary graduates all over the planet training leaders in all kinds of countries. I don't know how many of them. There are 30-some training centers meeting around the world with graduates of the seminary training pastors and leaders in the church so that they can make strong churches and they can send out people to reach more people. That's really all that matters, isn't it? It's why we're here. Otherwise, we might as well go to heaven if we're not useful to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. So I'm sorry for uh, usurping tonight a little bit, but I don't know that the Lord would give me another time. I don't know what the future has. And I just wanted to make sure that I said thanks to Him and thanks to all of you for an incredible life. Thank you. Well, and uh, that is certainly for the Lord. It, it is His work completely. It all starts at the cross, doesn't it? It all starts with our Lord giving His life for us. It all starts with us being forgiven, having our sins paid for in full through His death and being redeemed and given eternal life through His resurrection. And we don't want to forget that. In fact, we're instructed not to look away from the cross, but regularly, routinely to look to the cross. And that's why the Lord instituted this beautiful communion service. Let me lead you in a word of prayer. Father, thank You. Thank You from the bottom of my heart. Thank You on behalf of all this congregation for all that You have done. It is a staggering, incomprehensible, blessed, gracious gift that You have given all of us who are part of Grace Community Church. It's not that we're the only church, the best church, but we are a blessed church. Blessed beyond comprehension. And You have built this church. You've built it with Your Word and the dedication and worship and gifts of Your people. And we say thank You for this gift. 
Thank You. And may we cherish it for the gift that it is and treat it as a gracious treasure from Your hand. Now as we come to the table, we are reminded that You, the night before Your death, took bread and a cup that was part of the Passover and You transformed it into a new service of remembrance to remember the great deliverance. Not the deliverance from Egypt, but the deliverance from sin at the cross. And You told Your people, until You come and set up Your kingdom, do this in remembrance of Me. This takes us back to the foot of the cross and our salvation. Prepare our hearts, Lord. May we examine ourselves so that there isn't anything standing between us and You. And may this be an act of true worship as we share it together. You've been listening to John MacArthur, Bible teacher with Grace to You. For free access to all of John's lessons and a listing of study Bibles and books available for sale, visit Grace to You's website, gty.org. And for details about the Masters University where John serves as president, go to masters.edu. John MacArthur and Grace to You reserve all copyright protection under applicable law. Our copyright policy is available at gty.org and includes instructions for and limitations on duplicating this digital file. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
Goldfish of Vesta Assurance here on Truth Be Told Radio, and now it says what? In John 8, we read the story of a woman caught in the act of adultery, and she was brought before Jesus. The Pharisees said, Teacher, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They were trying to trap him. If he said, let her go, he'd be ignoring the law of Moses. But if he said, stone her, he'd be going against Rome, and that would get him in trouble with the Romans. Jesus responded by writing on the ground with his finger. When they continued to press him, he stood up and said, Let him who's without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Upon hearing this, the Pharisees left, and Jesus said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. This story is commonly used to say, No one is without sin, therefore no one has any right to judge. But Jesus just said a few verses before to judge with right judgment. When Jesus said, Let him who is without sin be the first to cast the stone, he was saying, Which one among you is the dude she had adultery with? According to Leviticus 20.10, he's supposed to be stoned with her. Having been exposed that they were ignorant of the law, the Pharisees hightailed it out of there. Jesus, the author of the law, represented by him writing on the ground with his finger, forgave the woman and told her not to sin anymore. However, there's a problem with this story. John didn't write it, and your Bible will tell you that. John 7.53 through 8.11 didn't appear in any of the earliest manuscripts, and some put it in the book of Luke. It's a nice story, but it doesn't belong in the Bible. The greatest story of love Love and forgiveness is found at the cross of Christ when we understand the text. That is WWTT when we understand the text. You can find that at WWTT on YouTube and also on their website www.com. And next on Truth We Told Radio, this is. Denver and the Mile High Orchestra and Go Fish with the Solid Rock here on Truthy Tory. Solid Rock I 
his righteousness alone. All oh, that you stand before the throne. Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. 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 Solid rock, I 
that was before the throne of God here on Truthy Told You. And now we have from, this is from Shining called Random Thought Street. Yeah. Soli Deo Gloria. <laughs> it's like deja vu, right? I'm back, but nobody was asking where I've been Cause Christ in the music is no longer the hot trend Logic says, well maybe I should just stop then But I never got into this for a spot in the top ten I do this for one reason Jesus the true king, son To help God's elect obey Hebrews 3.1 And though the rap world is ever crowded If heaven allows it, I'll keep writing for the 7,000 I know you out there, I still get the emails Against the church of Christ, the gates of hell will never prevail It's founded on the rock, and the gospel never stops So we dropping the topic, whether it's popular or not. Sin is not just intoxic and the clock is going to stop. God is not to be boxed with the wrath of God is burning hot. We were locked in sin's closet. Our conflict was cosmic. God plotted to stop and hit the demonic with a shot. I was copping narcotics, agnostic with a plot. No optics for the knowledge of the God who often not. Jesus rocked me with the gospel and it tied me up in knots. So I hopped in a rocket and met the prophet at the top. Yo, that's just another way of saying I met God in the scriptures. But we just going to let that breathe for a second, you know what I mean? The Bible says he was been forgiven much, loves much. We're going to talk about BC a little bit. My depravity was total, not small like pops. I was chained to sin. I couldn't take off the locks. I thought I was a player, a match with the flavor. Say, so yeah, I know what the time is, but I ain't bet Isaiah. I would chuckle daily as I paid for disgrace. My eyes were always puffy like I got sprayed with mace. I would toot my horn at parties, and I would do bars. Got so intoxicated, I was ready to do Mars. Notorious for acting pretty silly in my city, Philly. Friends hear about it and be like, whoa, did he really? Because I played dirty, Bill Lamb. Beer style, through great mercy, spirit filled and dear child. Went from so gritty to headed to a gold city. In Christ I shine, the world's like no biggie. Whatever time to sing, I'm putting faith on the song. 112 displayed in John, the way to respond. When his patience runs out, then it's time for the rod, man. Microwave wrath of God, fam. That's why, because of Christ, I got mad joy. All I'm saying is, I used to be a bad boy. <laughs> But nowadays, I'm regenerated, born again from above, fam. How else can I say they went from various vices to a kid that's married to Christ, using literary devices to spit is very precise. My conversion to the master was so dramatic. I just wanted to be an ambassador or fanatic. The gospel was my tonic. With Christ, I couldn't lose. But to walk with God like Enoch, I knew I couldn't cruise. This walk is a beast, but nothing's greater than the cross. Saw the mark of the east and the raiders of the laws. While power records were choosing to carry G-Unit, I was on that revolutionary theme music. The brothers from the Lou held it down as well But we noticed a big shift in 2012 Around the time Jackie asked me about Calvinism Christian hip-hop found a different algorithm And crossed over without taking the crossover Made us all sober years later, is it all over? Trip asked me if I was still motivated I was quiet, but I wanted to say no, I hate it Cause brothers in your camp causing lots of confusion I love them as brothers in Christ, but not their conclusions They want to reach the world by all means, keep pursuing it But tell me why they got it this the church while they doing it that's what i wanted to say but i ain't say it though but no more laying low i want them to play it slow and i ain't dissing them my prayers are the proof like boaz without ruth is unity without truth chh is like gorillas in the mist with no brotherly love it's like philly don't exist what's happening here it's a different atmosphere cats appear most concerned about a rap career 
career. Brothers overseas being slain in the sand while we're vain in our plan, taking fame and some fans. And I ain't got time to philosophize. Satan got a plot device. I'm seeing lots of guys apostatize. On top of all that, Donald Trump's the president. It's all good though, cause Jesus Trump's the president. So more than ever, I'm trying to rep the Lord who bled. And we ain't never going to stop. Word to Corey Red. I'm just trying to give a healthy demonstration of theocentric music for the selfie generation. See, the problem is sin, no riddle in it. Cause all sin got I in the middle of it. We're mad to praise and truly evil. We need to be born again without a Matt Damon movie sequel. In the gospel, God addresses our depravity. The lamb slain at Calvary, the depths of his agony. He rose from the grave with abundant grace. And when we come in faith, he'll bring us up from the sunken place. Our sins, decrepit depths, left the mess. No rest was left till Jesus put death to death. The beauty of the victory truly is a mystery. The cross of Jesus Christ is at the nucleus of history. Before the cross, they were saved on credit. After the cross, we've been saved on debit. Since our champion in the great war suffered, we gon' proclaim his death like the Lord's Supper. So welcome to the Still Jesus Project. Yo, we just getting started and we got a lot left. Get social with Truth Be Told Radio. Check us out on our Facebook like page as Truth Be Told Radio. You can find our website at truthbetoldradio.com. That is T-R-U-T-H-B-E-T-O-L-D-R-A-D-I-O dot C-O-M. Truthbetoldradio.com. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or want to tell us anything? Send those emails to truthbetoldradioshow at gmail.com. Remember, by sending us your email, you give us permission to read it on the air. So write us at truthbetoldradioshow at gmail.com. If you like to read blogs, we've got you covered. Check out ours at truthbetoldradio.blogspot.com. That's truthbetoldradio.blogspot.com. Also, follow us on Twitter as truth, the letter B, then told radio. That is T-R-U-T-H-B-T-O-L-D-R-A-D-I-O. Once again, that is truth, the letter B only, not B-E, told radio. This is due to the restraints for Twitter's username link. Finally, to learn the testimony of Melissa Canchoa, the hostess of Truth Be Told Radio, see smilesandstuff.com. That's S-M-I-L-E-S-A-N-D-S-T-U-F-F dot C-O-M. Smilesandstuff.com. So stay social with us, and thanks for listening to Truth Be Told Radio. An unchanging framework. This is Ken Ham, co-author of the new book, A Flood of Evidence, or Noah's Flood. According to a recent survey, 81% of Americans see declining morality in society. But watching morality decline means there's a standard from which it is declining. But if you don't have a biblical worldview, there's no standard for morality. You see, you may believe something's wrong, but why is it wrong? Your opinion? The opinions of the majority? Or government? But if arbitrary opinion is the standard, then you can't tell me what I'm doing is wrong. Ultimately, then, no one can make moral judgments about anything. But God's Word gives the ultimate standard for morality. God's our creator and judge. Only He has authority to set rules. 
Visit our website at AnswersRadio.com to learn more about morality, culture, the Bible, and much more. Listen to this program again or many others like it at AnswersRadio.com. Next is from Wretched um, from their YouTube channel, Why the Damn Verse Three Sexual Abuse Accusations here on Tributary. It's time for Wretched Radio with Talk Free. This is going to be a team effort. This is Wretched Radio. Pretty oh, much in trouble. anybody who can pontificate is these days trying to explain why we are seeing so many stories of sexual abuse allegations. Certainly something seismic has shifted in our country For this to be going on so regularly, the recent uh, story, of course, Matt Lauer, it would appear, if everybody's telling the truth, yikes. He, He wasn't a gentleman at all. Why, though, has the dam burst and all of these stories are now happening? I, I think that we need to start with, are these stories new? The answer is no. They're just being reported now. There is nothing really to indicate that unregenerate men have ever not been acting like, you know, unregenerate men. Now, the more unregenerate men you have, the more unregenerate behavior you're going to witness. And so I think that's one of the reasons we might be seeing more. We're less Christian than we used to be. And that I think is one of the reasons why we are seeing so much of this. We're simply less Christian, that's all. There's going to be more. Godly men, godly behavior. Pagan men, pagan behavior. I think that's one explanation. I do believe that there's others. And I think a part of it has to do with the word shame. Shame is a common grace given by God. And the civilization that has sharper consciences has more shame, and that is a good thing. It curbs pagan behavior. It can even help a Christian to not be tempted to sin. It's a good, we tend to talk about shame like, oh, it's a terrible thing. Now, I think that we as Christians need to be careful. I don't think we're supposed to be heaping shame on people. As a parent, perhaps you've said, shame on you. I'm not sure that that's the best parenting approach. I think shame is something that should happen naturally. We shouldn't heap it on somebody. But inside of a household where it is recognized that sinful behavior is a bad thing, it is a shameful thing, it can curb a child's behavior. It can curb an adult's behavior. It can curb culture's behavior. Less shame more sinning. But I think there are more reasons that we are seeing so many of these accusations these days. Uh, Again, statistically, is it happening more now than it did in, say, 1987? Nobody knows for sure. I suspect we are indeed seeing more of it as our culture continues to unravel. I, I think there's just more of it. It wasn't gone. It never is. There can even be sexual abuse inside of the church. But I think the less Christian, the more of this that we are going to see. But I think another reason is the culture's attitude toward sex. It's changed. 
It's free love, Daddy-O. It's do what makes you happy. After all, it was... <laughs> Still hurts a little bit. Our former president who said love is love. And we've had feminists fighting for this for years, and men have been mostly silent about it, but simply, if you will, reaping the sinful benefits, fine. You, you want to remove sex from the context of marriage? Most unregenerate men are going to jump for joy at that notion. More nudity on TV. Game of Thrones. Free love. Hook-up culture. Shame in that arena is coming down. And because of that, I think that you're going to see more and more people who don't feel embarrassed about sharing it. I, I think that's... I think that's at least in part what we're seeing, why they are not embarrassed. People used to be embarrassed about this. They, they wouldn't talk about it. You see, men used to be embarrassed at the thought of getting caught for it. Now we are seeing women who would have, say, 20 years ago, pick a number, who would have been perhaps too embarrassed to admit it, don't seem to be embarrassed anymore. Now, by the way, just as an aside, this is not a commentary on whether or not every woman is telling the truth or not not the point of this at all men no longer feel shame for being dogs and women no longer seem to feel shame to confess it it's an interesting social phenomenon if you ask me because women historically would have been a little bit embarrassed about this why are they no longer feeling that way now it could be a good thing or a bad thing i'm not sure any sociologist and certainly not i knows the reason for why women are now willing to go on national TV, and that does seem to be a part of the pattern, doesn't it? That they're willing to go on national TV and say that they were abused. I think that's a sign of a, sh a radically shifted culture, that we are no longer a Christian nation. Again, if a guy has been a lout and he gets busted for it, great. I don't think anybody in the church should have a problem with that. We should cheer for that. We want justice. But there does seem to be a reason that I think is at least worth noting. Why don't women feel embarrassed about this anymore? And I think that is a fruit of a desensitized culture. If, if, once upon a time, it used to be considered nasty to spit on the sidewalk. Now, while I believe it still should be, because there's no reason for that ever, I don't care what you got going on inside of your nasal cavity or in your lungs, you don't need to hock one on the sidewalk. But I digress. When culture decides it's not such a bad thing to suddenly start spitting on the sidewalk, no big deal. And that's what we're seeing. On the other hand, for somebody to say that they stepped in somebody's goober, now, while that may still be considered gross, my point is, it's like, yeah, yeah what's, what's the big deal? People spit on the sidewalk. What do you, what's the deal? When something becomes normative, it's no longer a big deal. And so I think that what we are seeing is it is now normative to act like a dog. Now, don't get me wrong. This, this is not clear-cut, because I understand. The left is still acting in response to this somewhat normally, like that is inappropriate. This is complex. 
But I do believe that why we, the reason why we are seeing so much of what we are seeing is because the shame factor on both sides, the abuser and the abusee, has just gone down in the arena of sex. We're living in a culture that is absolutely post-Christian, story after story, holiday displays. Do we need more stories like this? They're all over the place. Apparently in, I believe it's Washington, no, yeah, yeah, Washington, D.C., the Archdiocese of Washington wanted to extend an invitation to commuters to find a Christmas gift by advertising on city buses. But the Washington Metro Area Transit Authority said no. In the meantime, they accepted ad money and put up the posters for gay hookup ads. We're, we're just living in a different world right now. That, that's all. No. How we respond to this, I think it is indeed the issue. And I honestly think it starts with recognizing we're strangers living in a strange land. And I don't think that's a bad thing. We are simply living in a culture that is different than the one certainly our parents grew up in, probably you grew up in. It's been ripped out from underneath you. How now will we live? What are we seeing going on? You're seeing complete moral confusion. No, not, none of this is really making complete sense. Why? Because the foundations, they are, they're being ripped out thanks to progressives, thanks to secular humanists. And by the way, don't forget this. All of the rotten fruit that you see, I think we need to put it in a secular humanist basket and deliver it to the atheists, the agnostics, and those people who don't think that Jesus should have anything to do with anything. Here it is. This culture is officially yours. In a Christian, a true Christian culture, you won't see these things, at least not to this degree. You do in a pagan world, so congratulations. All y'all who have been trying to get God out of the marketplace, out of culture, congratulations, this is now yours, and it all hangs right on your head. I don't think we should forget that. Uh, believe me, that they use Christian culture and its fruit. Now, they, they pervert it, of course. Oh, it's oppression. They've, uh, the, the Christians have just been treating women horribly, and then they're terrible, and it's all that. Well, what's, what's good for the Christian goose I think might be good for the pagan candor. Congratulations. You don't like my, what Matt Lauer did? You don't like what Harvey Weinstein did? It's all yours. Christians would have something to say about this. You have no moral standard. In fact, you have been preaching. Hollywood has been preaching free love, licentiousness, loutish behavior. And all of a sudden, when men they discover are acting the way that they've been telling men to act, they're absolutely abhorred. Total, total, utter moral confusion. What's our response? Same response it should always be. If you were going on a missions trip to a pagan country like America, what would you do? get involved in politics, or preach the gospel. This is Wretched Radio. Don't forget, if you would like to hear the entire daily broadcast, simply visit wretched.org, go to iTunes, figure out your favorite Android listening platform, and you can listen to the entire program every single day, downloaded to your listening device for free. Well, thanks to our monthly supporters called the Gospel Partners, if you'd like to partner with us, we'd be very, very grateful. Simply visit wretched.org.
Like it says, that's wretched, and go to wretched.org for more. W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D dot O-R-G, wretched.org. And now, here is Shailene with Immutable here on Truth Authority. And this to you, I really hope you hear my heart When thinking about describing you, I really don't know where to start Can't start at the beginning, cause you are before the beginning Way before the beginning, and this fallen world's distorted opinions It was just the holy trinity, ruling from infinity Glory blazed tremendously, loving one another endlessly Billions and billions of years ago, outside of what we know as time Nobody else was there to know, but Lord, here's the thing that blows my mind As long ago as that was Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same. You have not changed. What can that mean? But my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful. You never change, you remain the Not just because of what you do, but simply because of who you are There's none like you in existence, you are God and you need no assistance Even though we show you resistance, you sent Jesus to close the distance That existed between God and man, according to your sovereign plan We changed many times in one lifespan, I changed even since this song began Lord, I'm so glad that you're not like us, all that you do will certainly last You are the rock that we can trust, shows us back in eternity past As long ago as that was, as long ago as that was have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, 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 as long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed, what can that mean, but my God is immutable, immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the same, immutable, Let me 
They said it was over, man. They said it was over. But it ain't over. We just getting started. Yo, 7,000, we all at. Let's go. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the son of man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the son of man? Trust. Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing. And forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? With Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection More power than gravity His knowledge and strategies confound the academy Bow to his majesty He paid sin's salary Took up blame on Calvary Those who love his name spread his fame is the policy All eyes on the mattress price of his sacrifice Let's prize our master Christ and rise in the afterlife What, did we forget about the holiness of God or something? Did we forget that God owes us a rod or something? See the snake bruise when Christ came to save dudes Who hate truth, the gospel is not fake news Sin, the gospel sweeter than it's ever been Ain't nothing changed, let us sin, we got the medicine It's still human emergency, the serpent attack You think Jesus can't save? That's alternative facts Stand up, hands up If you truly love the son of man, trust Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive And his fame is gonna spread across the land What's up? Stand up, hands up Does anybody love the son of man? Trust Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing And forever say To my composition Lots of rhythm But not tradition No kind of different But God's consistent No contradiction My proposition Through crucifixion He mocked and crippled His opposition It's not some fiction I'm spitting The Son of God is risen And my incentive For godly living Is I'm forgiven Jesus came to unlock the prison And through the spirit He brings a new birth Like an obstetrician At times I listen A lot of Christian hip-hop is missing The proper vision It's my suspicion We drop the mission Not to this But the word of God Is it not sufficient The doctrine is That the gospel fixes Our shock Condition. God the Spirit supplies conviction through proper diction Against the backdrop of our tradition, the gospel glistens A squad of Christians go out and witness a God's commission Cause Jesus Christ got the top position, no competition Stand up, hands up If you truly love the Son of Man, trust Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive And his fame is gonna spread across the land What's up? Stand up, hands up Does anybody love the Son of Man? Trust is the king, so his people we will sing and forever say worthy is the land. What's up? They want Jesus in the background like elevator music, but we gonna celebrate and relegate him, we refuse it. They hate Christian hip-hop, I peep myself. They say we too redundant, well let me repeat myself. What I gotta say almost feels too real estate. Sit back and feel the weight of what a real estate. Cause yo, Jesus Christ got me in the real estate. I'm purchased property, I feel like I'm real estate. If the father wasn't gracious, no sin in him. Again, he came straight blameless, no sin in him. Again, nothing's been the same since, no sin in him. Again, fakers lack his fragrance, no sin in him. This is not the picture in a frame to still Jesus. Nah, we serve the rock, the harder than still Jesus. So how are we gonna be silent, let the world still Jesus? When the world and its trends pass away, it's still Jesus. Stand up. Hands up, if you truly love the son of man, trust, 
is Shailene, and that is a song, let me see, wait, I think it was Supreme, let me see, make sure, okay, I'm not sure, but that's, I know that was Shailene, I'm sure, <laughs> and um, let's see, Shailene, see, we found that, uh, mapmode.com, L-A-M-P, M-O-D-E dot C-M, and you could get his music there and check him out on YouTube and Spotify, things like that. And um, that's from his album called Still Jesus. This is the latest one. And now I'm going to do Go Fish with, and they're found at gofishguys.com, G-O-F-I-S-H-G-O-S dot C-O-M, gofishguys.com. And this is Saved by Go Fish here on Truth Be Told Radio. I have a Bible that I read. I know the truth and I believe. I go to church with my friends. I have a joy that never ends. Not because of anything I've done. There's a reason. It's the only
many animals were on the ark? This is Ken Ham on a mission to call the church back to the authority of God's word. Unbelievers often mock the account of Noah's ark by saying there's no way Noah could have fit millions of species on the ark. But the Bible doesn't say Noah needed to take two of every species. After all, species is a modern word. Instead, Genesis says Noah took two of every kind. Now, researchers have discovered that kind is usually equivalent to family in our modern classification scheme, and Noah only had to take land-dwelling, air-breathing kinds on the ark. Including known extinct kinds, there are only about 1,400 kinds Noah had to take with him. Accounting for two of every kind and seven pairs of some, he only needed a few thousand animals. Learn more about kinds, the ark, and the flood of Noah's day when you visit AnswersRadio.com and listen to this program again or share it with others at AnswersRadio.com.
that is worthy of the birth of the king. Some evangelistic booklets are too squishy, some are too strong, some are too short, some are too long. Don't stub your toe, it's just right. In other words, this is the gospel booklet that has been endorsed by the baby bear. You can get your copies to give to people you know who are not saved at wretched.org. And in case you didn't understand the words, this is from the Hallelujah, of course. Um, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And it says other hallelujahs. And the kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and his, of his Christ and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever, forever and ever. King of kings and Lord of lords, King of kings, Lord of lords, and Lord of lords, and he shall reign, and he shall reign forever and ever. King of kings, forever and ever, and Lord of lords, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he shall reign forever and ever. King of kings and Lord of lords, and he shall reign forever and ever. King of kings and Lord of lords, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And for the most part, I know that's some of the hallelujahs, but it's, uh, that's what it says in, in the words of the song. Hallelujah, of course, by, um, let me see, it's hallelujah, of course, of the, Wait, uh, the what's the song called? Um, Handel's Glorious Messiah. And thanks for listening to Tributal Radio. Now I'm going to play. Let's see. I'll do my best here on Tributal Radio.
that was got a move by Goldfish. Uh, next, go do something from Answer to Justice. Churches of Atheism. This is Ken Ham, president of the ministry that built a full-size Noah's Ark near Cincinnati. Every day, millions of American children enter the government-funded halls of the Church of Atheism. Included among this group are 90% of children growing up in Christian homes. Now, where are these churches of atheism? Well, there's probably one in your town or city, a public school. Naturalism and atheism, in the form of evolutionary ideas and relative morality, are being taught exclusively in government schools in Western nations. If your children attend a public school, are they equipped to deal with the constant atheistic teaching? Public schools aren't neutral. Except for a few Christians who are missionaries there, these places are really indoctrinating kids in the religion of atheism. Want to learn more about what's happening in our culture? Go to AnswersRadio.com and plan your visit to our full-size Noah's Ark in northern Kentucky at AnswersRadio.com. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God Spoken, the world came to be. He sent a flood. 
the world in the eye. Let's put them in the eye and say, My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. And nothing my God cannot do. I'm not afraid because God. come from? This is Ken Ham, President of the Apologetics Ministry of Answers in Genesis. At the bottom of Grand Canyon, you can touch rocks from before the flood, including from the original creation. At the very same time, you can touch rocks laid down by the flood. Why do we have these distinct layers? The powerful waters of the flood would have ripped up miles of sediment, destroying much of the original rock layers that God created. The waters would have redeposited that sediment in layers over a short time. We see these flood layers all over the world. One of the best viewing spots is Grand Canyon, where a catastrophe after the flood carved a big gash exposing many layers. These layers aren't evidence of millions of years, they're from the flood. Learn more about the flood, fossils, and much more when you visit our award-winning website, AnswersRadio.com. You'll be equipped and encouraged at AnswersRadio.com.
Evidence of God's care. This is Ken Ham, an Aussie transplant with a passion for sharing God's word. Unless we're thirsty or in a drought, we don't think much about water. But water is a remarkable testament to God's care for us. Water has high boiling and low freezing points. This keeps aquatic environments stable. It's uniquely designed to become less dense right before it freezes so that ice floats, allowing life to thrive under it. And the ice even serves as an insulator to keep the rest of the water in the lake from freezing. Water is also tasteless and odorless, making it perfect for cooking. It's what you could call the universal solvent, meaning it can dissolve most particles. God's care for his creation can be seen in water. Plan your visit to the Ark Encounter, located south of Cincinnati, at AnswersRadio.com. And be sure to learn more about our Christmas lights exhibit when you go to AnswersRadio.com. Yeah. Man, it's crazy how time flies. My mind tries to sit still, thinking how does one define wise? Feels like yesterday I was a newcomer, fresh in the game, ready to make the truth thunder. But as the beat plays, they lose wonder. After a few summers, the band's ready for a new drummer. Doesn't matter if you're not ready yet. Yesterday I was a cadet, now they call me a vet. But it's part of common sense that the artist time will end. To the young, this topic can be hard to comprehend. They don't come close to understanding How you can go from most demanded To abandoned in the ocean stranded Surrounded by the waves of your weariness Some things you only learn from age and experience And it's plain to me that all the famous men you see The time is coming when they will be a faded memory Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah What in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sand of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who yeah. it is Whatever happened to so-and-so, that's what they wanna know Eventually we learn that they all come and go Today's rising star, tomorrow dies with scars Today they all struck, tomorrow you washed up right. 
I remember watching Jordan's Hall of Fame speech Thinking this is what it's like to watch the lame reach and gasp As he tries to grasp what lies in the past Never to return what lies in the past Did he tell himself, was he lost or sober? Did he know it was all but over? The moment that AI crossed him over If I could be like, didn't include dying light Let's shine the light on the one they call Iron Mike Nowadays he's known for being all weird But back in 88, nobody was more feared at the peak of his powers, his opponents would retreat in moments he would eat and devour. Snuff with punches, but we must discuss this. Crushed it just enough to trust his toughness. Pride brings us to justice. You puffed up with smugness? You gonna meet Buster Douglas. Amazing that, which blazed like Petro. The new praise that made the waves in the metro. Was praised for days, but just a phase like retro. And fades like echoes. Echoes, echoes, echoes. Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah What in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sand of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who it is What I'm speaking on is seriously welcomed by the few Even no experience to tell you that it's true On your radio station, this won't be found on the playlist Wisdom, the sound of the sages, resounded for ages The older I get, I notice it The whole of the script, hmm, it's found in the pages A holy writ, not the cash speech of the reverence But what a man sees under heaven Ecclesiastes 111 No matter who you are, death aims to stop you Whether banker, doctor, or Frank Sinatra before your time is done, meet the timeless one, the dying, death-defying, rising, shining sun. King Jesus astounds and amazes. He pounded the pavement to save those who were bound to their cages. So let us praise the one who made the Everglades. Our debt was paid, so in glory we'll never fade. Never fade. Never fade. One day I shut in and now go leave with the VWE by Yancy and Friends. And here we go. Bye for now. Yeah. 
you need parts, O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.